here on Mutiny Radio. Today is Choose Poetry, Choose Life with Aaron Gannon and Andy Talbot. We're going to get right to them in just a second. Enjoy this uh, cope in the background. And we've got poetry coming up. Plugged in. Oh, we're plugged in. Let me see. Let me get some stuff on and work on this. Uh, sound. Yes. Now we're cooking. Gas. <laughs> now we're cooking with gas. Here at Mutiny Radio. I, I thought I was doing something silly. You see, color and goodness. On Zoom with uh, international poets and uh, great stuff. Here we are. All right. Hey, Andy Talbot and Aaron Gannon. Choose poetry, choose life. Take it away. Woo! <laughs> Hello, everybody. 
And good morning, San Francisco. Um, I'm broadcasting from Belfast today. It's very cold, and there's a curfew at 8 p.m. What? <laughs> there's a curfew. Seriously? Yeah, there's a curfew at 8 p.m. I went to buy, I, I was like, at 9 p.m. a couple days ago, I was like, time to go order pizza. And um, I went on Deliveroo, and they were like, all restaurants have closed at 8 p.m. I was like, what fuck? Nobody told me. You'd think they'd send out like a little text. Yeah, then I was told that there's a curfew. So at 8 p.m. Although I've go, I have taken the dog out after eight every night. Nobody said anything, so I don't know. I don't know. The rest of the men. <laughs> I don't know. Are there are there people getting in trouble for breaking curfew, George? Um, Not no, that you've heard. No. no. I have no. You don't have any. I don't have. There's no official punishment. They're supposed to enforce it, but they can't arrest you. So. There's a curfew in SF too. Right. Or you have a really good immune system for something. <laughs> okay, so I, the first person on our list is somebody who I don't know their real name. I just know them as G Matt, who's emailed me. Is that person here? Yes, no. You could unmute yourselves. No. Okay. No. Then we'll go to the second person, which is AJ. I know AJ's here because I saw her. Yes, there we are. Okay. Unmute Hi, AJ. Hi. Um, how, yeah, how long are we, um, how are we... <laughs> Sorry, that's going to happen. <laughs> this dog is absolutely a discipline problem. I'm dog. <laughs> right, so how, how, how long are we doing sex for tonight? What's the, uh... um, like 10 minutes is cool. Okay. 10 minutes. We have okay. to take 10 minutes, you know. Okay. Right. I'm going to, I just put a bunch of stuff in a, in a document. Um, okay. I'm just gonna like pick stuff from it. So I should so, pay attention to the time. <laughs> stuff that I wrote in the course of this year. Um, so, uh, ooh, st starting. This is this is actually a bit sort of uh, stressful. Um, okay, yeah. So this is a poem called Glory. This is about uh, the the country, the UK. Most of the UK is back in tier four, which is essentially full lockdown again because. Uh, 
I don't know if you know, but we had a 981 deaths today, which is which is pretty amazing, mm. really. Um, compared, to, you know, that's that's more than Australia has had in the entire um, the entire period. So this is a poem called Glory, which is all about the brilliant response that our government has came up with to the crisis. Every towel was counted. Pairs of gloves were counted twice. In this way, it can be recorded that there was no problem with supplies. Every test result mailed out was properly addressed, though not, it is true, necessarily to the person who took the test. Home tests were available. You could apply online on a site that ceased to function seven minutes after nine. The leader stood and told us this was a great success. How lovely to be in the land of the free, unlike the Soviets. And um, on a similar vein, they're still talking about whether or not they want to uh, to close the schools or not here. So uh, this is a, a Noel Coward parody that I wrote about um, <clears throat> this question of whether or not we should allow the schools to reopen after the Christmas holidays. I actually wrote this when we were talking about whether, whether or not to reopen the schools at the end of the summer holidays. And then they reopened them and, and now we're here. So um, don't. Send your daughter back to school, Mrs. Worthington. Don't send your daughter back to school. Corona is still raging and the government's no use in sending her back while the virus is active is playing fast and loose. I know the Daily Mail complain about the teachers, but sending the poor creature back to die is simply cruel. Don't send your daughter back to school, Mrs. Worthington. Don't send your daughter back to school. Don't let them send you back to work, Mrs. Worthington. Don't let them send you back to work. The R is far from zero and the death tolls creeping up and breaking lockdown for the commute to town could leave you feeling rough. I know you feel you owe it to your colleagues, but if you catch this disease, you'll feel an utter burke. Don't let them send you back to work, Mrs. Worthington. Don't let them send you back to work. Don't vote these bastards in again, Mrs. Worthington. Don't vote these bastards in again. They didn't listen to the science and they starved the NHS and their strategy for PPE has been an utter mess. Look at the way they blithely drive to Durham then sit telling lies in the garden round the back of number 10. Don't vote these bastards in again, Mrs. Worthington. Don't vote these more I think um thank you thanks um okay this this is a trilogy that I wrote back when Boris I'm, I'm there's a bit of a theme with this these are all the coronavirus poems I did basically there's there's going to be one new one at the end they're mainly uh mainly corona related poems this is called this is a series called the dear leader which is divided into three poems the first of which is called fighter the dear leader is not dead He's just in an intensive bed as a precaution, nothing more. It's not that beds are going spare. He really needs the gas, it's true. He has to be in ICU, but not to worry. Spirit's good. That's what we want understood. He needs the bed, but he's not dying. He's a fighter and he's fighting through the chills and through the fever, ventilated, on a breather, supine, sweating, barely conscious, but totally fine. We're being cautious, dotting eyes and taking care. There's no cause for worry here. We're keeping calm and carrying on until his trifling woes are gone and should they end as they well might get this down and get it right precautionarily, of course, we'll inter the leader's corpse. 
and this is the second poem, Good Spirits. The dear leader's still not dead. In fact, he's sitting up in bed. When offered cottage pie, he shakes his head, mimes spitting, nods for macaroni cheese. So he can make decisions, be at ease. He seems to be aware of what he sees, grins vacantly. That's what good spirits means. He giggles at the nurses when he's clean, so we can say he's interacting with the team. So put all thoughts of dying from your head. Sit down and watch this broadcast from the Queen. And then, of course, Boris recovered. So this is, this is the final one, recovery. The dear leader has recovered, but don't ask if we can furnish you a photograph showing his new healthy state. Instead, here's the picture we keep running of him clapping that's more than a week old. Please don't suspect that it's because he's grinning, drooling, crapping in his Eaton logo boxer shorts. Don't read between the lines of our reports. He's risen, consummatum est, rejoice. Forget that thousands perish every day as a result of the dear leader's choice and earlier choices that his party made to starve the NHS for a decade. Forget the doctor who we lost this week who begged the leader for more PPE. Take heart that he's recovered from his sickness and do not search the name exercise sickness. And I, two more, one more coronavirus poem and then the last one. So, uh, this is called The Supervisor. If you'd like a paradigm, a handy way to summarize the tensions of our altered times, I offer you this single line. The supervisor stands outside. Inside, unmasked, the servers strive to keep the hunger satisfied of those who will not stay inside. The supervisor stands outside, protects her purpose-driven life from microbes which have spread worldwide, knowing thousands more will die, the supervisor stands outside, having failed to satisfy her staff's demand to be supplied with masks and gloves paid overtime. The supervisor stands outside and lets the workers risk their lives for $9.85 and discounts on their value fries. The supervisor stands outside, and if she feels some urge to chide herself for standing safely by while her employees may die, her face betrays no outward sign, which, not required to fake a smile, she could permit herself when riled. And so, serene and vacant-eyed, uncertain of her place in life, the supervisor stands outside. She'll catch the virus from her child. And lastly, this is not a coronavirus poem, this is a Christmas poem, but because it's a Christmas poem by me, it's vaguely heretical and blasphemous. So this is called The Flood, The Fires, The Garden. And we start with the blasphemy pretty much straight out. So, fucked by a god in the desert night, she only came to this shithole as her cuck husband's taxable property. In those days there went out in the reign of some man whose cloths were always kept white, a sanction, go home, sign on, or else. Grew up barely quicker than the child, but at least she never had to reconcile creation with the things her teachers said, flipping tables in the temple in rage to be understood. She knew he was a dead man when he looked her in the eye, amid the stink of blood and sheep shit, saw the god divided in the skull, 
saw the day he would be hurled to hell for questioning the flood, the fires, the garden, be spat back out of Eden, have to steel himself to mount again, reckon with his tyrant father self, bridgehead a human haven in eternity, despite the envy of the angels, knew he would harrow heaven, hell, alike, to ransom the enormity inflicted in her womb, saw God and man at war within his eyes, and something neither, something else, her son. Merry Christmas, and uh, thank you. That's me done. Okay, I'm unmuted. I'm unmuted now. Yes. Okay. Hi. Thanks, AJ. Oh my God. It's always cathartic to listen to you do that. Your reading, by which I mean. Um. Let's see who else. They always had Kelly Van Wilson, but I don't see her. Although, Andy, do you? Because my scrolling on this new laptop is crappy. Like I can't figure out how to let it show me everybody who's here. No, I can't do. Okay. How about Tish? And the Tish camp poet and the poet Mouth? Yeah, Tish is good. Is Tish here? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were asking if she's someone you want to let in. <laughs> well, she's pretty awesome. Well, she signed up, but she's not here. Um, well, Means, I'll text her. I'll text her for you. Okay. Oh, cool. Thanks. Um, Clive Oseman. Hi, Clive. Is next on the list. Are you ready, sir? I've unmuted myself now. That, that, that was good, wasn't it? So you didn't hear a word I said then, did you? Right, okay. So I did think it's five minutes, and now I've discovered it's ten, so I'm going to stick an extra one on from my rather brilliant book, which is called It Could Be First. Makes a brilliant late Christmas present, everything else. Uh, and this one is called Treadmill, and then the second one will be rather different. Um, as one or two people here who saw it last night might just sort of know. Right, so this is Treadmill. When you're on the outside looking in and long to be accepted, searching for an entry point but always intercepted, the resulting realize the recurring realization that you're once again rejected leaves your ego bruised and battered, your confidence so dented. The pain of shame can weigh you down when you never feel embraced, when you give your best and never rest in pursuance of your quest. You are tested and requested to show they should invest, give their time to someone who they don't wish to address. Eventually, you question motives and why you even try, when your destiny seems set in stone to always be denied. Your tears quickly multiply when you're often vilified, when you know it's a losing battle to be reclassified. Something deep inside you is saying, let it be, but you've never been a quitter and you're searching for belief. You can knock until your knuckles bleed, you're never getting in. And once you can accept this, you will find a new beginning. Force out a huge, defiant grin and raise your middle finger. Tell them they can swivel. You don't need them any longer. If they don't accept your presence now, they probably never will. But the loss is theirs. It isn't yours if you don't fit the bill. Let your light shine somewhere worthy. Shower them with your skill. 
all it takes is one step back from an unforgiving treadmill. There's a world out there just waiting for you to prove the data's wrong, and you will know it instantly when you found where you belong. The weight will lift, the shackles loosen, and freedom will be sweet. As you learn to fly and they can't deny the greatness of your feats, they'll call for you to come back here. At their table, there's a seat. It's up to you to call the shots. The mission is complete. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one is a bit different. I just need to switch my camera off just for a second. Uh, so I'm sure some people know what's coming because they saw me last night. But there you go. You can never have too much of a bad thing, as they say. Or it's the good thing. I'm not sure. Hang on. Right. Okay. The, the camera will be coming on now, I hope. For those who don't know me, I am the Queen of England. Times are hard for my family, and I need some extra income to pay for a chauffeur now I've banned Philip from driving. I'm too old to drive and wave at the same time, and we don't want Philip killing a commoner when he's behind the wheel. Our insurance will go through the roof. And Philip wanted me to do a bit of bar work. One told him to bugger himself with a billiard cue. But I've got a better idea. Poetry workshops. I like poetry and I'd like to think I'm a dead hand. I have to keep abreast of trends in order to make sure my laureate isn't slacking. Because he is from up north after all. I have to confess, I admire the younger generation of spoken word artists. I haven't actually listened to them, of course, but I'm told they are very good for their age. What I can't abide is middle-aged men trying to be down with the youth and comedians who call themselves poets. Clive Oseman, for example, wretched men. Oseman is really not a good writer, and I'm going to give you all a free sample of my work tonight. Future lessons will be Zoom only and charged at 200 English pines per session. No euros, thank you very much. So here are some extracts from his feeble attempt at humorous poetry called The Bigger Issues. A fairly recent attempt to follow up that wretched typo's poem, which I can't stand. So here we go. I'll be reading extracts and then I'll be giving you my comments. So the bigger issues. Some people seek answers to big issues like the meaning of life or what happens to us when we die. To them, my issues are small fry, insignificant in the scheme of things, and I have to confess that stings because I may not be intellectual, my gray cells are somewhat ineffectual when deep thought is deemed essential, but to me, the smaller things matter more. Now, some decent rhyming there for sure, if that's your bag. Uh, but first point of order, if small things matter more, why did it sting so much that you had to mention it in a so-called bloody poem, eh? Tell me that. Anyway, it goes on. What are wasps actually for? They get mildly angry and it's all out war. 
You try to repel them and they sting you the fuck. Then they do it one more time for luck. They show you compassion, not one little bit. The barbarous, pointless, stripy shits. Totally needless expletives. You wouldn't catch Keats saying the F word just for the sake of a rhyme with luck, now would you? I don't think so. And stripy shits? Really? If you ever get stripy feces, I suggest a visit to a Harley Street clinic immediately. And then it goes on. When I want to appear clever, I step it up a level and ask questions like, if music be the food of love, are cheese quavers an aphrodisiac? Is there such a thing as cheese semi-quavers to give you a quick thrill? If so, toss one my way, if you will. Hmm, clever, really? I think not. And by the way, Philip tried quavers, they don't work. On the subject of food, does a fruit fly count as one of your five a day? I have my doubts, but if it does, I can ditch the sprites. They're not veggies, it's a well-known fact. They are Beelzebub's scrotal sack. Oh, come on! Beelzebub's scrotal sack? Have you not heard of alliteration, man? Beelzebub's bowl bag, better? Better. Um, if you buy a wok on the internet, is it an Ewok? When it arrives, are you in for a shock? Now, I have no idea what an Ewok is, and come to think of it, I don't know what a wok is either, so, oh well, never mind. Perhaps we'll take that line out. If you stick your head down the toilet, which is not very wise, do you get floaters in your eyes? Now, I'm not sure why anyone would stick their head down the toilet, but I'm sure it wouldn't cause floaters. Floaters are caused by changes in the eyes, vitreous. I'm sure that's not affected by what? Oh my God! That is disgusting! Ozman, you are a disgrace to the nation! This is how not to write poetry, unless you are an uneducated, arrogant, ginger, brummy pro. Now your first 200 pounds lesson with me will begin to show you how it should be done. I thank you. Goodbye, and have a pleasant evening. I'm waving goodbye. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do you have lipstick on? It looks good on you. Hey, yeah, it suits me, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> Keep it on. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> I actually thought you were gonna just like do the queen with the that still photo when you put when you turn off your camera, but uh, yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, so our next reader is Jeff. Patrol. Are you ready? He's got to unmute himself. Jeff's here. We were just exchanging jokes. He's yelling at the screen, but he's not unmuted. Okay, sorry. 
can speak. It's a miracle. There you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> Alrighty so, then. I'm gonna mute myself. Spotlight to you. Uh, oh, okay. My computer was. Turn on right. your spotlight. Okay, sorry. I'm half a spotlight with Clive right yeah, now. There oh, go. there we go. It's all me. That's a new uh, feature. Have I done Have I done Canadian Book Awards here yet? You have, but you could do it again. It's okay. awesome. No, nah. <laughs> or are people like I I don't know. Maybe other people are shaking their heads. Okay, well, I'll do this one instead. This is an old one that I've recently dug out of obscurity again. It's called Empowerment. Help! Help! This huge rock fell on me! I'm trapped! I'm in pain! Somebody help! Hello? Hello! Help me! I'm trapped under this rock! I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I said help me! The rock fell on me! Speak louder, please. You're mumbling. Help me! I'm trapped under this big rock! Oh, you say you're trapped under that boulder there. Yes, it fell on me! And now you would like me to lift said boulder off and free you from its gravitational oppression. Yes, please! And maybe call 911! I think I've lost a lot of blood! So, just to make sure I understand, you have trapped yourself into an undesirable circumstance, and you would like me to take full responsibility for your delivery from it. Sure, whatever! Just get this rock off me! Hmm. You know, my friend, life is full of adversity. You can't escape it. But some would say that the true substance of a person's character lies not in what challenges one faces, but in how one responds to said challenges. What are you talking about? Just get this rock off me! Now, 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 is that a productive response? Have frustration and panic ever served us well? Can you not find a more positive way to surmount this obstacle? Yes! I'm surmounting it by asking you to help me! Get the rock off me! My, my. What slow learners we human beings are. Isn't it funny? Sometimes the only way we can make progress in life is through the hard lessons. And that is why I'm going to help you, my friend. You're going to help me? Yes. I'm going to help you by not lifting that rock off you. What I am doing is empowering you, you see? I am not giving you the easy way out. I am forcing you to take responsibility for yourself. I am giving you the opportunity to learn how to solve your own problems and withstand the slings and arrows that life flings at us. And in the long run, isn't that a much more generous gift? Yes, that's very kind of you, thank you! But I'd much rather you get this fucking rock off me now! Well, cursing and sarcasm certainly won't get it off. Now here's what I do when life hands me a sour old lemon or two. I take a look at the situation from an objective viewpoint, and I ask myself, Hey, how did I invite this into my life? What do I do to bring these little calamities upon myself? You see, by honest, rigorous self-examination, I can stop myself from making the same mistake twice, mistakes again. But to do that, of course, I have to take a step back and look at myself objectively. Do you think you can take a step back like that? No, I can't take a step anywhere because I'm trapped under a rock. Why can't you just get the rock off me? And what good would that do? I could bail you out, but what would you learn from that? There's only one person in the entire world who can change your life, and it's not me. Do you know who it is? Uh, a paramedic? <laughs> no, I mean you. Only you are responsible for your own growth and improvement. And now that you know this, it's up to you to look in the mirror and make a change. 
That's where you get your power from. There. Don't you feel empowered now? No, I feel trapped and wrapped with pain. Well, who's to blame for that? Not the world, not society, not God, and certainly not me. Think about that. Well, I'm glad we've had this little talk, my friend. But I've got to run. I'm already late for my meditation class, and then I've got Zumba. See you later. You're being a real asshole, you know that? Well, perhaps, but don't forget what Marilyn said. If you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. What the fuck does that even mean? Anyway, do take care of yourself. Toodles. Wait! Get back here, you jerk! Get this rock off me! I... Oh, crap. Well, maybe a pointless and painful death isn't so bad. Hmm. La 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 Just sitting here waiting to die. Now that I think of it, should I have paid more attention to that beware of falling rock sign over there? Maybe it is my fault. No, what am I thinking? It's the sign that's wrong. That was called empowerment. And uh, do I have time for another one, maybe? I'm I'm getting a nod and a thumbs up. Okay, have I have I done uh, Kirshner's groovy style here yet? I'm getting a shake of the head no. Okay, this is called Kirshner's groovy style. It's relatively new. <clears throat> Kirshner wasn't like the others. Oh no, he had his own style. He followed his own vibe. He was a lone werewolf marching to the tune of his own cellist, out in center field with the shortstops and the running backs, an odd man in with the enfants horribles, if you catch the jib of my drift. Kirshner had a groovy style, and none of his colleagues could match him. He thought they were all suckers, squares, conformist slings, gutless wonders stuck between a rut and a hard drive, if you feel the lick of my hat. Cats, you've got to adopt a groovier style like me, he told his colleagues every day. That's why you don't stand out. That's why you blend into the background with all the bugs and the rocks and the stuff. See, when you got a groovy style like mine, you don't need to waste no time with preparation. You don't need to plan ahead when you trust in your skills and knowledge. You don't need to put on no mask or wear no protective equipment or even wash your hands. You just dive right into it and move with the flow in your head, Fred. And his colleagues would always stare at him with dumbfounded faces, their small, petty minds unable to grasp the grooviness of his style, if you catch the grunt of my hogweed. One was always sure to say, but you really should wash your hands before you begin, Dr. Kirshner, or something like that. But he never let it phase him. His buzz was too strong to burst from such cold, dull logic. Fellow babies, he would say, when you got a groovy style like mine, you don't need a plan, Stan. You don't need a course of action, Jackson. You don't need a map. Plap. You don't even need to know the nature of the patient's illness. Why? Why tone down your buzz with such a snooze fest? Just trust in your soul, slice them open, stick your hands in the goo, and do what feels right. And that's what Kirshner did every time. All patients got the same treatment. Whether they were expecting a heart transplant or an apodectomy, Kirshner saw every one of them as a pure equal, if you get the nuts of my Rolodex. Everybody got a taste of the Kirshner groove, whether his colleagues approved or not. Surgery, man, he always said, bobbing his head from side to side with a saucy grin. Surgery, 
Don't ever let the man tell you it's a cold, precise discipline that needs years of study and practice. The man's lying to you. Surgery's an art form, Norm. You gotta feel your way into it. You gotta listen to your muse. You gotta let the vibe of the room dictate where you're gonna go. I only listen to the vibe. If the vibe tells me third lung, I'm slapping a third lung on the mother, no matter what the squares say. Vibe tells me, man, that spleen, it ain't jiving with my beat. You can bet your little hiney I'm tearing out that spleen and eating it raw for dinner. Vibe tells me the world is right for some experimentation. Man, you never know what you're going to wake up with. If the muse orders me to, I will turn your face into a literal Picasso painting. See, I don't give a horse's funny bone about the rules, Jules. I don't have to follow convention. Surgery's not a job. Surgery's not a profession. Surgery is an adventure. And it was an adventure many lucky souls shared with Kirshner. If you catch the lump of my Hassenpfeffer, if you catch the stern, if you get the stern of my arrow, if you know the grunt of my clamber. So the next time you're walking down your local boulevard and you spot a man with five ears, or a lady with no neck, or a horse with no name, or just a cemetery, you will know you're looking at the fruits of Kirshner's groovy style. That was that. And just like to point out, I was featured in last week's episode of the uh, Poets and Muses podcast. I will put the link to that in the chat. What, Cal, po what, Cal, what is this? Is it a, it's a podcast you just said, and then yeah, like- it's, it's a podcast, it's a weekly podcast called Poets and Muses. Muses. <laughs> It's um, hosted by Imogen Arate, and uh, yeah. Do they, can, okay, so this begs the question, what does a muse say when a muse goes on? Is this a joke? No, I'm actually seriously curious. Like, oh, okay. I was a muse. This poem got me. I think she interviews poets, and they talk about their muses. Oh, I see. Okay, right. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, if she added? interviews... If she interviews an actual muse, I will let you know. Thank I you. Will, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Muse okay. named Bob on next week. Muse named Bob. Bob the muse. Okay. I guess Bob the drag queen got to that joke first. Um, okay. So let's see. Um, next, we have Leslie Constable. Hi, Leslie. Hey, I'm going to mute, Harley. And I'm asking you to unmute, darling. And we're gonna spotlight you. Yay! Look. Yay. Okay, let me let I'm me learning find how to this. my new laptop. Let me find this. Hang on. Okay, so um, sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. <laughs> okay. I I wrote this a, a while back and I, I don't think I read it to all you all <laughs> yet. And um it's sort of my uh what? My support of a lot of uh, young friends I had, I was also my students, I was a teacher um, at a public school in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, and yeah, they were sort of being picked on a lot and I didn't like it. And so this one's called Young Lovers Wherever You Are, Pull the Principal. It's dedicated to Zach De La Rocha, who is the lead guy for Rage Against the Machine. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of a fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck poem, so I apologize, but here we go. 
This is the time of decadence. This is a time we live in, dust in the lungs, burning with desire and incineration, seized with dust and desire in the lungs for the death they want from you. Don't do it, man, stay alive for me. They cream for you, your firm young flesh, your annihilation, the mirror negation desire they Svengali you into, your tightness, firm, unyielding, their sly thoughts pour into you and they whine for respect. I would like your respect, some respect here, anything takes to get your attention, jabbing their genitals, their index fingers wagging at your nose, twisted, crooked dicks, lemony, fresh, fried, douche, foul, cave, breath, flesh-eating odor. You can't breathe. This ain't no lemon fresh spring in here. No fucking air to breathe all, and by no fucking means, by no fucking means, kill the principal, not the girls and boys in the Nazi halls you walk with. Give up the ghosts, give them back, you know them. Surely, roll over, roll over and play dead, quiet like a rabbit, breathe in the foul air, know it, breathe it out again, spit, spit, exhale, play into their hands, play with their heads, excedrin headache, hard play, hard, Live hard, you gotta live, man, you gotta survive for me. So not in vain, the dead ghost boobs gone for nothing, gone for nothing. All the young dudes and dudettes, you know, those shining princes, princesses I once knew, all gone, Brian to fashion, Penny in Nam, Bill in his motorcycle, the three mics, only two left now, Back to sorrow, barb to helpless Seth, Eileen gone into hypercool, Kevin along with his sister, Larry the K to cigars and guns, a federale's death for pregnant Shelly in Mexico, not Tony with babies like Sophia Loren, not Tony, not Ted who died. They all traveled far, I'm sure. Some who lived, my brother, who fell and fell fell into place, died, you know how it goes. Lived anyhow, okay? You fucking promise me. Look into my eyes, hold my case. I love you all better than Jesus, man. I promise I will hold your eyes. I will hold your heart, hearts in my hand and bless your eyes and not drop the ball, not drop my case. You just fight for your rights, man. Paint it black, paint it red. Ain't it grateful dead at the Fillmore day glow young men, young women, young lovers, wherever you are, kill the principal smug behind her desk, snug in her boiled wool suit with brass buttons. Under the magazines, old issues have forgotten, up into the mighty night, dreamtime, turning the tissues as you sleep all night in the half light of the moon, are your memories half full. Maybe stories you heard of the old ghosts, satisfied and not hungry. Satisfied ghosts with full stomachs, they ate their fill, filled their lungs of air, gnashing and chopping with pearly teeth and life moving through, life in air moving and not hungry, having eaten full and proud. These are the life, these are your life, follow them. 
Smash mouth Tom Brokaw says those electric fence hippies still stun and shock the mind if you touch. Don't touch, forget about it. Just a dream, sad chapter in American history, jocking, naked, scruffy, rabble-rousers, mudsliders. Highest book, greatest generation that ever lived. Yeah, all those greedy, nasty fucks with Sichu who had it all, took it all, raped the land, took the fat of the land, disavowed their children, exploited their children, killed their children, then the holy raw, raw war, wasted it all, blood, money running through fat fingers like dry sand. How many grains of sand in the oceans and deserts? Read the book. Hair, glass, shattered teeth, mangled souls made war for you, brought to you, must have, must has, must have from Nam, from Korea, must have from Cambodia, must have control, armies of missionaries, twisted cock, mindfuckers ripping out mother tongues all over the world, all around the world, young lovers, wherever you are. And who's that Christ person? Who the hell is that who oversees it all smiling, sinister like a soul sucking vulture on his wooden perch, pawing, cackling? Not my God in Nicaragua, not my God in El Salvador, not my man in Rio, that big jefe angsta man, the dude who must have, must have it all with his army of copycat killas from everywhere, now appearing in theaters near you, all over the world infested with the holy flesh-eating virus on that cross, their squeaky clean needs and their denials paramount, a mountain of hosannas, fuck that shit, washer women intellectuals, Miners, poets, all mother tongues, united and scrambled in the heat of fevered thoughts, mangled, bloody tongues, cut off but talking still, incessant chatter, still in my sleep, still in my heart, incident, haunting the lungs. Breathe, breathe in, breathe the dust of the mighty people, small people, poor people, wars. Farmers, poets, masons, wet nurses, teasing the mind, calling the heart. I hear them through the walls calling the heart. No, no, don't go quiet. Don't go gentle into this dark night, this dark time. These are the dissident farmers that march in your mind still in the middle of the night, in the middle of your mind, in your dreams. Working people, your people, march calling you to arms to fight. All the workers of your dreams, your grandmothers spinning, weaving dreams, your grandfathers, plowmen, going back to Middle Earth, back to the beginning of time, calling you to your joy, your own freedom, awaken. When the fattened, candy, sweet dreams of too much glory, too much mind lust lulls you, just say no. Light a match, kill the principle, not girls and boys in the Nazi halls you walk with. Kill the principal in her oiled wool suit with brass buttons. This is a time of darkness. Please, please for me. Please for the old brothers and the old sisters, dead or not dead. For the comrades, hang in the light, light a match. Kill the principal and live, live for us. All right, that's all.
Leslie. Oh my God. Magnum opus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're like, bitch, I'm closing out new year. <laughs> Fuck 2020. Well, the, the, the interesting thing is, um, I, I can't memorize my own poems. And, um, one of my students who first, uh, she was first my student when she was 11. She ended up like being my son's girlfriend for many, many years. And I had for her we're still oh, no. good friends she memorized this whole damn thing oh my god whole damn thing when she got into university she asked she's taken an english class and she asked her um professor if she could read it she read it uh, so that's the cool part of that story you know that was well that I mean, did they freak out because of the, the fuckity fuckness? Or? No, she actually showed the poem to her professor before reading it. And the oh, professor to get a said, right on, you know. Read oh, it. cool, so, cool, right on. Yeah. yeah. So, anyhow, thanks guys for listening. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Hi, also. It's good to see you. Um, okay, so. On mute, Aaron's on mute. Oh. There she is. Hey. Now there's a problem. Okay, I'm on I'm unmuted now. Okay, so the next person is I don't I think this is new, but maybe I'm not because I didn't host the last two weeks. Which, by the way, hi everybody, I missed y'all. Is it's on Is uh, Lisa? You can unmute yourself, darling. And I will put Lisa on spotlight. Thank you so much. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I'm Lisa Krofcheck. Um, yeah, um, my pronouns are they, them. Um, and I have two poems to share today. Um, and in fact, my mom is listening. So shout out to my mom, Laura. Um, the first poem is inspired by her. Um, who's a math teacher. So just a little bit of background. Um, so shout out to my fabulous mom <laughs> for 2020 ending. The year ran its way on an asymptote. No one expected to cross it. An abrupt new year, the summer, a memory, a dream, where we wake up to a shot of cortisol. The year was a slice of pie too big to stomach or the never ending pie. 3.14 and so on, like the piano that plays the first 100 digits, the harmony in earwig we want to shake off to get out of our mind. Wake up, we're all right. Um, so that's the first one. And then the second poem is inspired by Henri Cole. It's after his poem, The Suicide Hours, which um, appears in his book, The Invisible, or The Visible Man. So this is pageantry unearned. Like Henri's soft voice, the syrup bursts from pine cones in summer. Heat draws out the first overcast breath of autumn. Life is not art in any sense. We are complicit. 
you are the words we craft unearned. Fences stand between us and our subject left blank. Summer's humid sigh down my neck. Henri, I beg you, release your secrets. Release us from this Atlantic horror, forgotten poetry. Bring me back to Milwaukee. Do not regret your dying cough. Do not let your syrup drop to the ground on scent. These trees plagued with spotted lantern flies. Um, thank you so much, everybody. Again, I'm Lisa Krofchek, um, and great job, everybody. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for coming. Um, okay, so I, let's see. I think we should have Finn go next. Because now the list is gone. Finn, are you ready? Unmute. We're having. Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Hi. Yeah, no what I was going to do tonight, as usual. So, what I am going to do is when I very first come on, this was the first Zoom, as you know, that I ever did. And I read a bit from uh, Joined Up Writing, the first thing, which is now a book, as you all know. Um, what I'm going to do now, because I'm going to start off, I'm going to read as much as I can in the short period of Joined Up Reckon, the second installment that uh, some people have on here have got involved in. Really? I'm, I'm not going to tell you who wrote them. Um, you just have to remember if it's your bit or not. Okay. Joined Up Reckon, the second installment. The reality that part of everyone's history fades into oblivion is a bit sublime. Memories once strong in our minds, creating hurt and anger and confusion, are disappeared by a collective subconscious, stored in grey matter nooks and crannies, transformed into triggers, raring and ready to spray bullets of seemingly hidden personal trauma into the atmosphere of now. Now, we must relearn the living part since dying is beyond our control. And even our own breath can be stolen away without warning. Now is the time to let everything toxic held in our lungs, our hearts, our heads, and breathe in only what is necessary and nourishing. She inhales the ice of existence. Phoenix woman exhales flames into the dark abyss. Let her flame nourish your spark. Will you let her flame nourish your spark? Are you strong enough to stand next to her, knowing she all too often has a temper she isn't afraid to let flare? Have you enough courage to climb her walls, to find the diamond she hides within? And like other men, you understand her beauty is more than just exterior. Her passion more than just tangled sheets and sweat, glossing skin. Look with your eye wide open and you will see. She is fire and ice and her very soul pours into every cavern of your being. Before you reach for her, ask yourself if you're ready for this kind of loving. This is not a game of emotional play. This is an experience you're not likely come to again. For another who can match her power exists only in imaginations. So before you disrobe her like a package on Christmas morning, 
sparkling, shiny and new, only to be discovered in a few hours when you've had your thrill and moved on to something new. I ask again of you, are you the one who is man enough to let the flame of our spark nourish you? And if this you can answer with unwavering confidence, then before you she is spread. Dine with pleasure and certainty at your leisure, for she will ensure your heart is always overflowing with more than just contentment. And before you order food or love, remember how much love the cherries jubilee, how often you dined with dessert as a first course, how contented one can be dining alone on occasion. Dining alone on the lines that you fed me last night. I swallowed them whole along with a serving spoon, a five-course meal that slops in my stomach but leaves me wanting more. Nothing can fill me like everything. Of the answer on your lips, everything can fill me empty, staring into the you, the blackness, the universe of brown eyes smile, a black mirror reflects the wreckage of war. Nothing can fill me fuller than savage attack of butterflies. Nothing can fill me fuller than my standing in front of you, burnt by the frozen, offering my bloody heart to you bleeding. In my melting ice cream hands, the scene that never made it to the final cut. I cried out to God in salvation, and he laughed, stabbing. Broken bottle, alley, taunting, nothing can fill me. But everything will do. And I will do everything you say, but there seems to be no reason to. It seems there's been a budget cut, and reason and what's reasonable. You see no reason to acknowledge what I am able to do. When you create the reasonable adjustments designed to even the playing field, there's no reason to ask why. They're unreasonable in my eyes or recognize they do not allow me to spread my wings and fly. There's nothing to address what prevents me pursuing my life that I desire. Your reasonable adjustments has no basis in reason aside. For you've been able to acquire a sense of making a difference. The only difference being that you have a sense of achievement, but I still have none. Lockdown has not affected my labyrinthine and grandiose imagination. I am going to start walking into the stores buck naked. My tits aren't spreading COVID, I'll scream. I'm going to start riding my motorbike everywhere, but without a helmet. Aren't you capable of enforcing laws regarding what people put on their bodies, I'll say? I'm going to go into these bars that are not contract tracing, not enforcing mask wearing and not social distancing. I'm going to sit down and order a fucking Guinness and a shot of Jamie's on the rocks. And I'm going to light up a Marlboro Gold and I'm going to exhale like I just got spring from a 20-bit in San Quentin. I've been waiting to exhale when if someone coughs, I'm going to take off my trousers and someone else complains. I'm going to take off my shirt, but I won't take off my motorcycle helmet. They won't know who I am, will they? I'll ask the peace police. I'll ask them to report me to the police for not spreading my daily disease, but for showing my tits. Arrest me, arrest me, I will say. Are my tits hurting you, I will say? How dare you tell me what to put in my body? But they will have some confusion about what is happening to them, but I will have none. But we'll all say you knew me when. But then, don't say you're sorry. 
because they have known you is an honor. Honor is a big responsibility. Add respect. Everyone singing happy songs about imperfections. We dance openly in our mental health complexities, announcing to the world that today is not a good day. And I know how hard the unwalked path is to pave, to give permission where none existed before. Talk freely, conversations previously avoided. Spoken uncomfortably in polite company, recognition of these imperfections, those flaws that expose us as human. Final acceptance is never attaining the perfection of the dreamt up divine. I think I do believe in the perfection of the divine. I just don't see the need to diminish perfection with conditional clauses that negate the fragility of our mortal natures. I see perfection in the soft, earthy tones of the artist's palette, lines organically stretched across the canvas. My eyes sketching the flight path of a gannet, plumb line bombing 72 feet beneath the sea. I see perfection in unexpected friendships when an old acquaintance, somewhat rogue in his time, sits me down to gently straighten my slipped-off crown and all these years that have slipped behind us, come together to form a reading classes fumble of humanity, kindness and unspoken moment where, quite suddenly, perfection is the warmth of growing old. And I... Still a mere babes in arm, yet old as hills, a seeker after truth. Some in the wit from whence inspiration spills, or at least to die trying. And I do die every day, just a little bit, because the light that was you snuffed out my shine, and all I was trying to do was get by. That's 15 of them, so. <laughs> 50 different verses. Oh my God. Thank you. And I deliberately tried not to slip into the uh, style of any of the points that were in these. <laughs> yeah. And especially yours. <laughs> Although I don't think anybody here didn't know that that was why. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, cool. So, okay, all right. So, um, we are headed up towards the rat, not random, but like the extra special stuff that I add tits in a motorcycle. Shut up. Um, <laughs> like to, of our pre New Year's Eve celebration, and it does really work as one poem. I agree with AJ. Um, all right, so. I have an intro here I'm supposed to read. 2020 has been a tough year for live entertainment. Fortunately, I have been able to take advantage of this and buy my own magician. I keep him in my basement and I feed him fish heads and I break him out in entertainment emergencies or extravaganzas of which tonight is one. Let a grateful magician come out from under the stairs and welcome George. Fire horse. Ready? <laughs> oh, and everybody should unmute themselves because I think that he might need audience participation. Hold on. I have to put myself on spotlight. Somebody put me on spotlight. You can take it off now. Here, give it to me. Okay. There. Don't chew on it. Should I go? 
Yes, you shall go. Please, they're waiting. <laughs> Hello, my name is George Firehorse. If you're wondering how to pronounce that, that's fire as in help fire, and horse as in help the horse is on fire. That's my joke. <laughs> Take it or leave it. It doesn't matter. It's not a real name. I'm actually a Graham Firehorse. So, what I'm going to do for you, I'm going to rouse you. Now, don't panic. I won't be doing this manually on a one one basis. It doesn't comply with social distancing. I have neither the time nor the lotion. But what I have got, this is exciting. I've got a balloon. <laughs> Better than that, I've got a balloon. Yay! Hey, balloons. <laughs> Let's get this party started. <laughs> Blow it up. More. 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 Get crazy balls. Get this bad boy <laughs> into the bags. It's gonna break, it's gonna break, it's gonna break! What? It's gonna break! It's gonna break! Okay. So, balloons, so, 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 party. You're probably thinking, George, you can't have a party with just a balloon. You'll also need a drink. I've got a drink. It's a screwdriver. No. Oh, no, it's not a drink. It's a shit pump. This is a drink. It's a pump because I'm classy. It was supposed to be champagne, but Aaron got the balloons in Glasgow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> jacket off now because let's face it don't have to hide a bottle of book glass anymore <laughs> I'll just teach you on you see what it is oh yeah Thanks, yeah that's right fancy keeps you busy with long journeys you can do stuff like that you can actually hand in a balloon oh no oh, the stuff you pull her head off nom, nom. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's not for everyone I've got one more. Look at the look, look at the tiny balloon. Bang! Baby book class. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh there. Shall I go? Or can I do my joke? Do your joke. No. Do my joke. Do my joke. Do your joke. I've got to go back and listen. Do they want look at the thing? Do they want a joke about the Beatles or fruit? Fruit. Sure you don't want to joke about fruit? No. Beetles. Okay, here we go. What's Paul McCartney's favorite fruit? Wilson's favorite fruit. God only knows. Oh. <laughs> Put your leash back on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, white boy. <laughs> hey, what's a pirate's favorite letter? I don't know. You'd think uh, it would be R, but no, they love the C. Yeah. Uh, the next time, the next time you tell that joke, it's like they say the C. No, you'd think so, but it's R. <laughs> okay, so our next guest is we would love to welcome back Jamie McCormick, who's going Woo. to play some oh, songs yeah. for us. So I'm going to put on gallery. Here's my Jamie. Uh, Pages? Where are oh. you, darling? Oh, there you are. Okay. 
We're spotlighting you, obviously. Okay. Now I'm going to mute myself. Oh, my hair is straight. I'm just saying the towel off. Uh, right, this uh, this first one is a um, is a song in Doric. Um, I did this at Block from the Blue. Um, the, the last time I was on, I'd kind of forgotten about it for a while, so I'm I'm going to do this one. Um, this is written in Doric, which is sort of like the local dialect that we speak in the northeast of Scotland. So I apologise for all of you who are kind of um, uh, left wondering what the, what the hell I'm singing about. That a, this is a song I wrote for my children when they were wee, and this is called Doric Lullaby. Wish these pennies, mummies, heard my heart and in a field. I'll show you to. Your in are closed, you see them warm here in my ghost. Lay your heat upon my breast, shut your in and hold your wish. There's no As long as mommy hurts you, your funeral on the day's been long. See her can my sleepy song. Your ear not heavy, let him fall. Let your shield just drift away. The moon is up, the stars are out. It's past the time to run about. It's time for bins to run in dreams. For faded hills to kill Your dreams will all be and sweet. Say there's no Still and calm, nighty night, my pony we lost. Okay. Do I do, do I do a second one, Erin? Yeah. Okay, right from me. Uh, from one extreme to the other then. Um, that one I played on guitar. I'm going to shift on the keyboard for this one. 
And um, oh, gosh. you're looking fabulous, by the way. Oh, cheers! Thank you. <laughs> cheers! Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm loving the hair. It's ever so cute. <laughs> Right, so the, this uh, this next one is um, I probably should have started with this one and done the lullaby second actually, but um, this one's called um, "I'm So Clever," and um, it's about how much of a prick I am. Oh wait a minute, no, I'll get rid of that. Sorry. So clever, I'm so clever, all the cleverness of me. I will show you how truly clever a Scotsman really can be. I'm so clever, I'm so clever, all the cleverness of me. If you permit me to take up your time, I'll explain it. And all of them I have read. I have knowledge within my noggin and facts inside my head. I have books, I have quite a few books, and some of them I have read. I can explain about the small selection of them that I've read and paid. Double meaning. Wordplay, you see, because I'm clever. I'm enlightened, I'm truly enlightened, as enlightened as can be. When I say I'm a friend of the feminists, I mean it literally. I'm enlightened, I'm truly enlightened, as enlightened as can be. I'm as enlightened as a 1970s born trans man can be. Everything's relative, you see, people. Even me. A sprinkling of Italian opera said in a comedy voice. I can sing in seven languages and all of them slightly wrong. Did somebody see good oral skills? <laughs> yeah, it was me. Sorry, I've lost my own fucking jokes here. I have anxiety, too much anxiety, angst enough for 40. I'm still amazed that I made it to the heady age of 30. I have anxiety, so much anxiety, angst enough for all. Just remember that curiosity kills cats and pride comes before the fall. Ah, uh, angst, the modern malaise, the curse of the intelligentsia. Die alone, I know, die alone, I'll die alone in a chair. Stains on my trousers and degrading, best to match my graying hair. I'll die alone, I know, die alone, I'll die alone in a chair. After three weeks when the neighbors smell me, the authorities are made aware. I'll die alone, I know, I'll die alone with a fan floating in my car. Cause I'm so incredibly
<laughs> Cheers. Are you, uh, have, uh, is, should, are, should we take a bow or are you? Yes. That was the wrong thing to say, but whatever. Okay, so they, oh. everybody should unmute themselves and clap for Jamie. Woo! Yay! Yeah. And also, we should unmute ourselves because we're going to take a break now. Right. We've been along for a little more than an hour. I just want to let everybody know. Um, so we've got, we have another uh, special guest musician tonight. And I, a lot of you will remember Michael Dean Damron from yeah. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I know I've noticed a lot of you friended him on Facebook. Mm. So he has just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, because... <laughs> but anyways, he's on his Is he way. in the dungeon too? No, <laughs> he's not in the dungeon. I, I don't even want to. Can you imagine? But actually, any, but I know Mike's wife, so let's not get into it. <laughs> so, okay. So we're going to take a break. And uh, Andy, what do you think? I, like, And then Generalissimo will be opening our set. Generalissimo! Woo! Um, yeah. Come back at half so, past. Half past. Okay, so 13 minutes, baby. Cool. All right, we'll be right back on And now talk amongst yourself. With Choose Poetry, Choose Life. Play the commercials. Here we go. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself 
and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it, and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a San Francisco, what are you doing this week? Come join Mutiny Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary, for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento. And 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy. Wednesday nights at 7.30. 
on Fridays at 7 o'clock. Join us outside mutinyradio.fm here at 21st and Florida, 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF at 20th and Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket he'll put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. L-S-D, fap, acid and fapping, fapping and acid, acid, fapping, fapping and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. What is flat black plastic what could it be it's exactly what you think it is flat black plastic vinyl records round played mixed all for you every Saturday from noon to two 
by Scott Walker. Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, Regression and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. This next song is also based on a poem by a named Pan Benjamin. She wrote an absolutely lovely piece for the Poets 11 series. It's called Lot's Wife. Do you guys remember when Schneider died? Like the guy who played Schneider in that show? I looked him up and he's like an old fucking vaudeville slash like music theater star. It was like, really, it was like he was so good in that show. Like it sort of was not a surprise. Another uh, sitcom celebrity death happened today. Are you ready? No. Don Wells. Yes. From Gilligan's Island, Marianne. Oh, I said Don, like D-O-N. Don, what? Marianne died today. That's crazy. COVID. That's why Daisy Duke now has to fully retire her shorts. She stole them from Don Wells. Catherine Bach is 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 lighting a candle tonight. <laughs> All right, are you ready, Generalissimo? Never, but I'll go ahead and go anyways. Fuck All it. Right. Oh, excuse okay. my language. We shouldn't be using that kind of language, should we? Uh, and... Never. <laughs> I thought he's it's Bibble Shipowitz. That's correct. I am the host of Ishki Bibble Shipowitz, the star of Yiddish theater in the twenties. Yeah, cool. Good <laughs> All right. Um, 
Okay, so I have a whole bunch of stuff on a, okay. on one file. The first is a brand new piece that's very, very dour. It's called Boiling Up a Batch of Compliments for Supper. A nice compliment can be like a boil in need of lancing. The doctor or nurse must wear both a mask, a mask and face shield because one never knows if what's inside will spray like a champagne bottle or simply ooze. It will most likely need to be further squeezed to expunge its spilling. That is never just pus or just blood or just some other fluid that is unknown to non-medical personnel. It will shit. Its shape will soon deflate and disappear, but unless its subcutaneous sac is fully cut out, it will recur in a slightly different form filled with a slightly different mix of whatever. Its return will be felt with a slight stinging sensation and a need to pop it to alleviate the sting will be enormous. Each next doctor's visit upon recurrence seems futile and expensive without a guarantee of permanent discontinuation. That's why I can't bring myself to trust a verbal compliment. A compliment might only exist to humor the recipient. A compliment might only exist in a backhanded fashion laced with sarcasm and outright bitchiness. Or it might only exist to be remedied with an alternative truth and emotionally abusive burn from a verbal branding iron of low self-esteem transference. Enough false compliments can sting like a recurring boil whose skin gets thicker after each reincarnation with lessening fluid levels eventually taking up permanent residence as a benign lump with nothing inside except scar tissue. As a former optimist, I want to believe in the sincerity of a compliment. I want to believe a doctor can fully remove a boil sac so the boil won't recur. The only guarantees in life are birth and death, except maybe acts of faith. And all acts of faith need hope to exist. Thank you, everyone. Number two, this is called Wrong Time, Wrong Place. This is about 25 or 26 years old, maybe. Uh, I walked only six or seven New York City blocks that afternoon, and in that short amount of time, I completed my first marathon. Colors no longer existed. The world was gray like a black and white TV. Everyone and everything around me was in slow motion. Then I realized it was I that was in slow motion. If you play a 45 RPM record on 78, Voices will sound like Chip and Dale or Alvin and the Chipmunks. If you play a 45 RPM record on 33 and a third, voices will stretch into an unintelligible perpetual piece of taffy. Emotion no longer existed, exhalation no longer existed. My lungs filled with city bus and taxicab exhaust. Although I had never smoked a cigarette or cigar, my every breath was asthmatic and I couldn't find any oxygen for this emblematic emphysema. All of a sudden, I was an ant who accidentally returned to the round, wrong mound of dirt. And when I delivered a microscopic piece of human discarded chocolate chip cookie crumb to my queen, I realized this was not my queen. And this was not the first time in my life I had arrived at the wrong place. Yay. Okay. Death and life circumstances. This is, uh, I wrote after the death of my Uncle Sam. Uh, there has been so much death in my life lately. Everywhere I turn, my mother, her elder brother, my Uncle Sam only three months later, a friend's father, another friend's sister from cancer, death of strangers, death in the news, death in movies, in TV, in hospitals, in, and in cemeteries. Everywhere I turn, there's also life. I hear life in the symphony of birdsong, 
when I wake, and crows and squirrels fighting for dominance over my neighbor's bird feeder. I see life in neighborhood kids playing in their yards, and my next door neighbor's 19-year-old grandson having a splash fight with his granddad in an oversized inflatable pool. I hear wife and my other neighbor's dogs, dogs howl at me when I walk out the front door. I see life in the crimson clover that springs up in my yard every spring, and the grass and weeds that grow back after I mow it. I see life in a sun that tells flower buds to open for bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds to feed on, and rain that lets seeds in soil turn to vegetables, and people buying fresh veggies at the farmer's market. I see life in a teenager reading to, an el to elderly strangers in a nursing home, and nurses who become family to patients whose families have abandoned them. I recently saw a woman holding her newborn baby close to her chest. Her daughter's head was the size of a softball. I thought that this baby was too young to be out in public. I asked how old her baby was, three months, three months to the day after my mother died. The baby giggled and cooed and smiled at me. The woman said, it looks like she likes you. In my car, I smiled thinking maybe I had a reason to believe in reincarnation. Um, so I'm going to just change the tone a little bit. This is my desecration of the night before Christmas. It does, and there is a content warning. We have um, F words, depiction of male genitalia, and of course, um, there is um, non-consensual facial graffiti involved in this poem. Um, Twas the truth about Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas when in the North Pole, a strange, mysterious wind did blow. Then Santa's pet emus buried their heads in the snow. The reindeer got loose and ate every dreidel from the Hanukkah bushes. Mrs. Claus got drunk and pinched all the male elves on their tushes. The lady elves later found her, passed out in her easy chair, drew multicolored dicks on her face with sharpies, and cut off her hair. This year, Santa secretly bought a dozen drones to fly presents down chimneys so he wouldn't dirty his suit, making his yearly $1,000 dry cleaning bill moot. He hovered over houses and directed the drones with a remote control. He was saving so much time, he yelled, Fuck yeah, Santa, baby, rock and roll! What happened next qualified as a Christmas cluster fuck when the reindeer started sporadically dropping undigested dreidels from their butts. The Jewish toys broke skylights, damaged roofs, and countless cars, not to mention poor Santa's therapy bill and emotional scars. The whole situation caused Santa enormous guilt and shame, despite the fact the Gentiles learned to play the dreidel game. Insurance paid off damages since no one believed in old Chris Pringle, a fact that made Santa smile and gave his soul a little tingle. He got home and saw empty schnapps bottles next to his unconscious wife, and told himself that for the most part, he lived a pretty decent life. It was the morning after the night before Christmas when Santa discovered his beloved emus had frozen to death after burying their heads in the snow, which was the tip of an iceberg of traumatic emotional blows. So he plucked their feathers and carved out enough steaks for a year and fixed himself a sesame bagel with onions and a nice schmear. When he drank, while he drank his coffee, he asked the missus, about the dicks drawn on her face. She railed about the elf bitches and how she put them all in their place. He just smiled at her and nodded yes and fantasized about changing his name and face, then running off to Rio de Janeiro and disappearing without a trace. Gracias, everybody, and thank you very much. 
Aaron and Pam for providing us with this beautiful, beautiful evening. Thank you, Generalissimo. I actually was, well, okay, so we've got a couple people. Was that too elphobic for you? Are you going to kick me off because I was elphobic? Well, you don't, I don't even want to talk about it. We'll see you later. <laughs> Give me a break. We know you're not, you're not elphobic. Right, Pam? <laughs> punch up, Brian. Punch uh, up. I'll, ne I'll never get a loaf of holla from Pam anymore. God. <laughs> a what? Well, you know, Pam and I are both elves. So, like, I mean, really. I'm a witch. Feeling. I identify as a witch. Witchy elves. Okay. So, um, uh, gosh, like, I'm trying to think. Carolyn, would you like to go now? Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's cool. Um, can I share a screen? Is that possible? Yeah. Hold on a second. Okay. So, God, what an amazing night so far, and it's really, it's really nice to be back. I don't come very often as much as I'd like to. I'm usually working, so it's nice. I've got some furloughs, so I can join you. Um, so I'm gonna share. Um, Oh, hi. I'm going <laughs> to... Am I writing the right way around? Can you read that? No, it's not. It says these are not chips. Is, is it back to front? Uh, well, I just read it backwards. So I've got it both ways. <laughs> anyway, okay. Do, do it the other way. Do it the other way. Mirror, mirror other image. Way. Yeah. I am prepared. Hang on. There we go. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Oh, I wish I hadn't done that now. Okay, so um, yeah, so while I'm trying to do this, yeah, what a crazy year. I am gonna share something called the chips are down here in lockdown, um, which is kind of like a, um, a sort of visual poem. So that's what I'm gonna share on my screen. And it also got published as a pamphlet, my first pamphlet, which is very exciting. So um, I've never read it before, so I don't know how it'll work, but let's just see. So let me get my screen up. Um, let's see, share. Um, I think I can do, hopefully this will work. If it doesn't, I'll just read it, but can you see that? Can you see that? Yep. Cool. Okay. okay. So this is, and, and um, the people that publish it are called Orange Apple Press. They're really cool. They're a new kind of um, publishing house in Glasgow in Canada. So you should check them out. Anyway, it's called The Chips Are Down Here in Lockdown. Okay, the chips are down here in lockdown. This is the worst of times. This is not a poem. I can't read it now. Ooh. This is not a poem. These are not words. This is not a sentence. These thoughts are not my own. This is not a work of art. These are not paintings. This is not for me to say. This is not a statement. This is not a fish. These are not chips. <laughs> I've been writing poems. This I do not know, but I don't see why not. I don't know if my cough, oh, hang on. <laughs> I can't see it because like the thing keeps going, hang on. 
this is not, I don't know if my cough is a cold or COVID-19 or the normal flu. I do not know if now is really the best time to dye my hair blue, but I don't see why not. I do not know if the doctors will ask me to decide if my mother should be put on a ventilator or if the lack of resources will take that decision out of my hands. I do not know if that makes it any easier to live with. I do not know the name of the cabinet minister who pulled a short straw and came out to do the press conference this evening at 5.02, 5.04, 5.10. .05, I do not know why our prime minister uh, can pull, I don't know why our prime minister can't speak to us by Zoom from his self-isolated room, but I don't see why not. I do not know if I will have spaghetti or linguine for tea. Forgive me for my overbuying, but it's been a week since I saw anything other than a packet of polenta on the pasta shelf. I do not know. You do not know. We do not know. Do we want to know? What do we want to know? I do not know if I will have enough PPE when I go to the home to care for the elderly of the town today. These are some of the things I do not know. I used to enjoy the unknown the mystery of life, but I'm rather tired of knowing what I do not know. I do not know if I can get myself out of bed before noon tomorrow. I do not know how long I can keep drinking a bottle of wine a day for. Will my pickled liver be the death of me if COVID-19 isn't? After all, people are still dying as they normally did before COVID-19 came and gate crashed all the parties. I do not know if it's mere madness that I've started wondering if this might be chemical warfare, the divine hand of God, the force of nature, but it's too many lessons all at once for us to comprehend and it's too sudden an end, but I don't see why not. What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? What am I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Why can't I put this painting into words? Which way is up? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know what I'm trying to say. What am I trying to say? I don't know what I'm trying to say. Still can't find my yellow pen. Round of applause for the NHS. Some nurses have died. Some nurses have died. A round of applause for the NHS. Rebooted my Twitter account. Here's some of the things I found. Uh, we're all in this together. Stay home, save lives. Did anyone see those pictures of Richard Madeley walking down the middle of the street drinking a Corona? What a prize wanker. This is my mother. She died of COVID-19 early this morning. She was not surrounded by family and friends. She was survived by her four children and 10 grandchildren. Funeral family, only, funeral family only. Why is everybody shaving their heads? It's only been a week. Is it okay that wine o'clock is getting a little earlier every day? Mom's refusing food, still drinking water. Two cases of coronavirus confirmed in her care home. Doctor says under no circumstances should I visit. Home says it's okay. Disco dancing in the bedroom again. Engage, explain encourage, enforce. Ken Shimura has died. Apparently, people are bored. Is democracy in quarantine? You're not stuck at home, you're safe at home. My husband is dying. Next slide, please. Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives, care. We're all in this together. Let's get Brexit done. <laughs> Essential absolutely necessary, extremely important. 
a thing that is absolutely necessary. I have to drive 20 minutes to buy this wine at Morrison's. Post-lockdown, I go to Tesco's and buy Most Wanted. There are too many choices on the shelves. I look at the labels and let the pictures decide my fate. I only drink wine on the weekends now. I've been craving a smoke, but managing to resist. I used to drink my wine in a tumbler, but these days I pour it into my best crystal. The weekend is officially starting on Thursday. So it is with minds. Unless you keep them busy with some definite subject that will bridle and control them, they throw themselves in disorder hither and yon in the vague field of imagination, and there is no mad or idle fancy that they do not bring forth in the agitation, says Michael de Montaigne. Oh dear, I think I'm stuck in the self-serve area. This is a very gray area. Until I can drive to this lock again and watch the gentle hues, I'm going to make a list of all the colors blue. Steadfast, integrity, Laguna teal, ice pack, Placid blue half, Mr. Frosty half, deluxe days, cuddle, sea change, passionate blue, galaxy blue, whimsy, postboy, airborne, hindsight, liberty, sell out. I got lost. Blue smart, diplomatic, blue indulgence, wave after wave, immersed, peekaboo blue, regal blue, tempest blue, teal, don't tease me with the sky, the sea, I want my blue chemical, man-made eclectical, I need an electric blue Oh, I need an electric blue shot to the heart, my blood is boiling. What's going on? <laughs> uh, I joined a writing workshop on Zoom tonight. I don't remember the exact prompt. We listened to the music of a Japanese-American singer-songwriter as we wrote. My body's made of crushed little stars. Crushed little stars, they are sharp. Can you see my screen? Okay, <laughs> they are sharp at the edges and painful. I crunch and crack as I open my palms. I need to go gently for feel, fear my brittle fingers may fall off. I crawl along the mud plain and the sun bears down on me now and my brittle star body is burning and it hurts. I can't hold these crushed little stars together anymore and I throw myself to the ground. I stamp my leg, I bang my head. I hit the dry barren land with my fiery fists and I shatter and I shatter and I shatter, and who am I, and what does it matter, and who am I, and to who do I matter, and who do I matter to, and what do I matter, what matters as I shatter, as I shatter, and disperse into the dry, barren, mud plain. And now that I am broken, I slip into the cracks and bury myself deep into the earth and wait now for the rain. I find it hard to concentrate these days. I get distracted easily. What happened in the cave? I'm gonna whisper this quietly. Why do I feel like a performing seal when I stand outside my door and clap on Thursdays? Am I the only one? Do you look to see whose door is closed? What happened in the cave stays in the cave. 
I owe you a eulogy. To the rat that my cat dragged in this morning, I'm sorry. After sharing your image on social media, I scooped you up and put you in a nappy disposal bag and threw you in the kitchen bin. You deserve better than 12 wows and 15 likes. You look peaceful when I found you. Imagine this, remember this to imagine. That's it, <laughs> that's it. Oh, okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Yay, Carolyn! Fuck yeah! Right, this is coming off now, thank you. <laughs> Did you make that yourself? No, no, I bought it. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I did make my own, though. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, well, I have seen you in other extravaganzas, and they have been fabulous as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. That is Hashimoto and or Marilyn, what is your, what did you put yourself as on Twitter? This was Oh, Marilyn Hashimoto. <laughs> Marilyn Hashimoto. That's like, you just should start doing drag under that name. <laughs> like, seriously. Let's do it together. We'll start like our own weird, like, like, cis chick drag show. Like, although I don't have any of my chiffon dresses. They're all in Chicago. What a drag. Okay. Cool. So, <laughs> I'm just, you know, loose guy. Um, so we're having magic again, you guys. So that means I have to go back into the. You need to get the spotlight back on you, Erin. It's you need to get the camera on you, Erin. What do you mean? Is it on you? Is it on the door? No, I think the spotlight needs to go on you. No. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's hard. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're muted again, Aaron. Muted, muted. Cannot hear you, Munchkin. Are muted. You are muted. Still muted. You are a mutant. Why the fuck did it mute me? All right. Ready? George Firehorse is out of the box. The basement now. Yeah, you're out now. Three times today. Twice. Don't push your luck. Hello. Everybody unmute yourself. Because oh, this is, yeah. Whatever you like. Oh. Oh, one person muted. I can't see the top of my head. That's the best bit of my head. Hello. Hello. Hey. Oh. Uh, <laughs> do you want to see another magic trick? Yes, we would do like. Do you want to see the tiny little rabbit that lives in my pocket? Rabbit. Magic trick. Magic trick. Magic. 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 Oh, rabbit. This is a layers. This is layers. He's very shy. You need to say, come on out, little rabbit. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
<laughs> it's just recent too. I was dealing with shit great just like about a week ago. Shit went south. I don't know. It's weird. It sucks. This whole thing yeah. sucks. Yeah, for real. Yeah. True so, enough. Yeah. All right, regale. Um, th thanks for letting me. Uh, thanks for letting me play. Uh, of course. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. You can come uh, every week if you want. I think everybody else would agree. Well, I'd love to. I <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> I got up late today. I uh. I thought this was tomorrow. I don't know what fucking day it is. So yeah, no, of course. It's yeah. Awesome, baby. So sorry I'm late. I wanted to see everybody read, and then I got here on the Waffle House, and that was cool. Like the 